Monday, July 10th, and welcome back to so many of you. Welcome to you first-timers who are joining us today. It's good to have you here on the Damon Bruce Show. Welcome back to the Plus. Oh, the place where all the cool kids seem to be hanging out these days. Man, the summer is just trucking right along. We are past the 4th of July. We are past the first half of the Major League Baseball season, which means we got ourselves a home run derby tonight, an all-star game tomorrow, and we have some papers to grade. We have some first half papers to grade here, so we're going to hop right into it today. We're going to bounce around. We're going to do a little summer league. We're going to do a little Major League Baseball, and we're going to come on back around to the NFL and what the 49 Niners have given us to grade so far so got a lot of fun for you here this Monday afternoon it's good to have you back it really is uh let's just start with what has to be the media interaction so far of summer league that is Chris Paul officially saying hello and you know what I'm gonna give an a plus to Chris Paul (laughs) uh you coaching you coaching? What was that? Kendra Andrews, who asked the question about coming off the bench. He's like, yeah, it's not like Steve Kerr comes right up and is like, hey, Chris, are you ready to come off the bench tonight? Start conversations or a relationship with a future Hall of Famer. And Steve knows that. Steve obviously is going to approach it a bit more delicately than I think the first question Chris Paul was asked. Hi, welcome to the Golden State Warriors. Are you ready to go to the bench for the first time in your career? You future Hall of Famer. You've never come off the bench, not once since high school, but you're going there now. Are you cool with that? <laughs> oh, oh well, well, welcome to your new life, Chris Paul. Um, you know, look, and, and not only that, they gave him a Jordan Poole jersey. Sorry, number three. Jordan Poole Warriors jersey. That's that's you got to earn that CP3. Might as well CP CP Poole as far as I'm concerned. That three's Jordans until you officially go out there and you earn it, Chris. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think Chris Paul is starting on opening night. <laughs> I, I think that Chris Paul is going to be a starter for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and then he will, in his starting role, play the role of the sixth man. In other words, that first break, that first time out, either he or Steph is going to the bench to sit there and wait and cool down and, you know, just just, uh, load management. First first quarter, game one of the new year, load management is probably going to be underway. And I think that Chris Paul is going to be the NBA's premier starting bench player, if that makes any sense. I think they're going to give him his starts, but then give him sixth man minutes and use him according to sixth man philosophies where he'll start the game, he'll come right out, and then he'll be with that finishing group when necessary. But he has to, for this to work, for Chris Paul to really fit the Golden State Warriors, he has to come off the if not come off the bench we got to come up with a different way to say it he's got to be the captain of that second unit i guess maybe that's the best way to, for steve to actually land this on chris paul you're the captain of the second unit more than you are a sixth man more than you are a bench player a role player there's got to be a good way for kerr to package it and you know that steve will come up with the right way for that to be done um man so right off the rip chris paul mwah. A plus, buddy. (laughs) He's not having any of it. Um, I want you to have a great lunch, not just today, but every day this week means you need to get yourself to Uncle Boy's for a delicious sandwich. Uh, Absolutely delicious sandwich made by my friend Ike right to the way you want it. I mean, you know, forget about Burger King. Have it your way. You can mix match. You can put on a whole bunch of thing on Ike's. You think that sandwich needs, I don't know, mozzarella sticks. That can happen. Uh, Ike's is delicious. There's something for everyone's taste. And if you haven't, Found out for yourself already. You need to go and make that happen. Nearly 100 locations throughout the West Coast. Get yourself to Ike's today. Uh, If you are in San Francisco and you are in the mood for a burger, go get yourself an Uncle Boy's. Uncle Boy Burger on the corner of Balboa and 4th. Fantastic burger right off the grill. See the grill marks, baby. You can taste how fresh it is. It's fantastic. Get yourself some onion rings. Get yourself some lumpia. This is good advice from Uncle Damon. And look at me today. I'm actually wearing the T-shirt that brought blackened whiskey. Not just into the show, but into my life. It plays a very big role on the show and in my life now. It is my go-to brand of whiskey. It really is. It is fantastic. Don't take my word for it. Find out yourself. Go to BevMo. Get yourself a bottle of blackened whiskey. 
I've got listeners who are now sending me their blackened testimonials on Twitter, and I certainly do appreciate that. Thank you so very much. Get yourself some blackened and keep rocking on Metallica. Indeed. Uh, All right. We got grades to hand out. Lots of letter grades today. Are you ready? Let's start with, and well, you know, I actually got a couple of early chatters in here, as always, as we always do. The early birds do show up. Uh, True Blue Forever was saying, hey, Am I the only one who thinks that Seth Rogen is going to be a guest on the Plus with some some of these Damon picks? Uh, look, Seth and I, we got similar facial hair, the glasses. Um, you know, I'm an honorary Jew. He's an official Jew. So maybe there's a little something there that we can mix. There's a lot of Seth Rogen in me and me in Seth Rogen. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. There's 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 something going on there. I don't think it's dramatic as everyone says, but I have had a person like run up to me and actually try to meet Seth Rogen. And I'm like, it's, I'm not Seth Rogen, but that has happened. Um, there was a discussion of onion rings, uh, onion rings. Uh, a- AJ Cruz was talking, saying that Sonics surprisingly has good onion rings, but they also, uh, prone to break apart easily. Well, then that means it's not a great quality onion ring, but AJ, I'll say this Sonic has the single largest commercial to restaurant. I haven't seen ratio ever ever i see sonic's commercials or sonic commercials all the time and the amount of sonic restaurants i've actually seen with my own two eyes it's infinitesimal i could count them all on one hand and this is even when i lived in the midwest like there was one sonic in fort wayne indiana and i lived there for a little while so i saw that one i heard there's one like out in walnut creek i haven't actually seen that one i think i've seen one other sonic in my life But their commercials are everywhere. Again, their national commercial to seeing the actual restaurant ratio is one of the more cockeyed ratios in my life. But I'm glad we brought that up and I was able to share that with you. Um, Uncle Boys, their onion rings are puffy, fried lightly, crispy, not overdone. That's an A-plus review there, A.J. Cruz. Thank you very much. Um, Speaking of grading papers, La Profesora is back. She is here to help grade papers. Whether or not she was just called away for a meeting or not, La Profesora is always here with us when we're in paper grading mode. Um, Thank you very much to Nuclear Now, Solar Later. Okay. Pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it. Pound it indeed. Pound it all the time. And Stacy, thank you. Good morning to you, Stacy. She says good morning. And uh, hit that like button. Help that algorithm out. Why the hell not? Thank you so much, Stacy. We will get back to uh, what everyone has to say in the chat room. Uh, hello, Otis Bird. Look at that right there. Reporting for duty, as always, as our fearless chat room leader. Uh, he is reported for duty. Thank you very much. Otis Bird the third. Good to see you. Good to see you, Mitch. Good to see Rockin' New Era 84. I mean, all the usual suspects are in there today. Chris A., what's going on? Eric Johnson throwing up the... Uh, Metallica love. Absolutely. Can't can't go wrong with a little Metallica. Uh, Damon, can you give the NHL a D plus? Sure. D plus NHL. Wasn't even thinking of them, to be totally honest with you. Uh, let's uh, let's get back to all of this in just a little bit. We'll get back to the chats. We have some grades to give out. Hello to the Shaw. Hello to Irwin. Irwin shouting out Lumpias. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Irwin, he got a Madison Bumgarner from Ike's on Friday. I like that an awful lot. All right, I could just get lost in these, which is why we pushed them all to Club Plus, so I actually don't have to get lost in these. Although, Hype Flicks, thank you. Your name I'm seeing more and more Hype Flips. Thank you very much for hanging out. There is one in Hayward and one in Pittsburgh, so the Sonic cometh. Okay. Uh, we have a, uh, a double confirmation on that with Rockin' New Era 84. There's a Sonics in Pittsburgh. They do have a tasty strawberry lemonade. I used to love the strawberry. Was it cherry lemonaded hot dog on a stick? Oh, that was really good. That was really good. All right, so we got to get back to grades. The single grade that I wanted to give out the most gets an incomplete. I was dying to see Trace Jackson Davis either on Friday or on Sunday with the Warriors in their summer league, but he hasn't played yet, so Trace Jackson Davis gets an incomplete. I'm sorry to say that. Um, Let's start with the summer league's headliner himself. Victor Webinyama. 
There's been a lot of criticism about the first game he went out there and didn't have. He didn't shoot well. Uh, there's a lot of what he hasn't done so far. He has played in two basketball games in the United States. And if you see anything, like if you're willing to give him anything other than an A, you just don't know what you're looking at. I've never seen a dude that big have wiggle on his game like he's got it. Have a handle and a dribble and look as comfortable bringing the ball up the court as Victor Webinyama, 7'5" in in sneakers uh and he he is he's something else and if you can't see that right away forget the shooting percentages it's all new to him he's gonna get that down um i've seen the future of basketball and it's that guy like holy mackerel he's got everything he needs to be the best offensive and defensive player in basketball in the next four or five seasons for goodness sakes he gets coached up by Popovich, um, if he really does have that dog in him to be coached up and to get better and to hit that weight room and to get stronger, um, if he keeps his head out of the clouds, if he keeps his head out of trouble, oh my God, Victor Webinyama. I mean, say whatever you want, whatever the inaccuracies of that jump shot or his finishing around the rim look like to you right now, he can correct those. No one can just all of a sudden jump into a body like that like what he's got is fixable and what he has is basically unobtainable good lord i mean to think someone actually walked away watching victor webb and yama and going nah, i'm not impressed dude you don't even know what you're talking about that guy is 19 years old in the future of the nba oh my gosh very impressive very, very impressive. Hold on. I got one stray hair attached to my glass. There we go. Oh, hey, how are you, buddy? Now I can see you. Uh, man. All right, let's talk about what we saw from the Warriors. And there's really only two players to talk about on this summer league because Trace isn't playing yet. So we'll start with Brandon Pajemski, who my letter grade, I'm going to give him a B minus. I'm going to give him a B minus, but that's only because he is billed to be much more of a shooter than he has shown so far. That guy has missed some open corner looks, some open above the break threes. You know, the, the shots that he's billed as he knocks those down. He hasn't done a lot of knocking down shots yet. But this is the friendliest and kindest B minus that I can give because you know what I see? I see a guy with great court vision. He sees the pass before it's there to even make. I'm really impressed. What I also see is a legitimate rebounder. That guy hits the glass. He hits the offensive glass. I like Pajemski. I do. I like Pajemski. Uh, on Sunday, he had 10 points, 10 assists, and 9 rebounds. On Friday, he had 9 points, 11 rebounds, and 2 assists. Um, there's a player in him. There's a player in Brandon Pajemski, a defensive stopper. No, I don't think so. Um, and guys were absolutely looking at him. And look, I don't, I don't blame anyone for looking at him and thinking free supper. You know, that's a guy that you attack. And he's been getting attacked in summer league, but he's held his own for the most part. Offensively, that shot starts falling. That B minus becomes a B plus really, really fast. Um, and again, I'm going to let you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a choosy grader here. I'm not just handing out smooth, happy grades for everyone. That is a, a well-earned B minus, but there's no doubt in my mind. The Golden State Warriors have found themselves a little bit of a player in Brandon Pajemski. I've been impressed. Lester Quinones, I'm going to give him a B plus. That guy's going to be deserving of NBA minutes this season, and he's going to get them as the Warriors' preferred two-way player. I see him filling that role again. Look, he's quick as hell. He's aggressive. He's not afraid, and he can shoot it. He can shoot it. Lester. I like what I see out of you, man. I really do. Again, not much of a defender. Um, he's not completely opposed to defending, but, you know, it's a summer league. We're not really out there judging guys for anything other than their offensive production for the most part. Um, I, I was, uh, I I'm impressed by him. I really am. I, I like him. I want to talk about one other warrior, Guy Santos, and I'm going to give him a B. I'm going to give Guy Santos a B because you know what? He's a basketball player. 
Unfortunately for Guy Santos, the Dario Saric signing took what had the chance of him making a team for opening night, if, if that was even a possibility for a guy who's got G League kind of written all over him. But that's not going to happen now because of Saric. Um, and, and, but I like him. I like Guy Santos. Guys out there playing his rear end off. And we'll get to more of that in a second when we give the NBA Summer League an overall letter grade. I want to break down Dario Saric into letter grades because it's an A-plus of a signing. The Warriors needed him. They had to have him. They needed to get a player who's experienced at that price, and they got the player that is experienced at that price. As a player, Saric is a C-plus. You know, he he fits the Warriors' needs. He fits their bill. Um, but he's also available and inexpensive for a reason. Now, maybe the Warriors will have him, you know, really blossom as a system guy. Maybe the game he's got will really blossom in their system, and he will be an incredibly pleasant surprise that is going to uh, be so welcomed into Steve Kerr's lineup. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis just got even whatever responsibility the rookie was going to be given in that front court. There's less responsibility to be given to the rookie because of Dario Saric, which is good for everyone, I think, involved. Um, I like that signing. I think a lot of Warriors fans wanted that to happen. It did happen. They were worried it might not happen. Good signing for the Golden State Warriors. A-plus of a signing for a C-plus player. You understand what I'm saying? Are we all caught up and following along? Great. Hit that like button if you like it. The Vegas Summer League itself. You know, I, I guess I'm just going to go ahead and give it a grade of a solid A. I, I like the Summer League. I'm watching more Summer League basketball than ever before. Say it's because I'm home with my kids, watching them, whatever. There, I'm sure there's reasons for this. But I'm watching more Summer League basketball than ever before, and Trace Jackson Davis hasn't even played yet, and he's going to be what makes me watch the most. But here's what I like about Summer League. What it lacks in high-caliber basketball, it more than makes up for in intensity and desire. These guys are out there playing like their conference tournament games. They really are. These, I mean, the, the super high effort, which since everyone's trying to make an NBA roster, the super high effort should be there anyway. I, I don't know why we, you know, I, I guess it's a, a statement on the state of modern basketball that when you see guys playing as hard as humanly possible, that it stands out to you. Like if the NBA's regular season played as hard as rookies in summer league, ratings would go up. Ratings would absolutely go up because you can just see these dudes out there playing hard, playing real hard. And another reason why I like the summer league is because I've talked to a lot of people who have actually been inside the Thomas and Mack center and inside the Cox pavilion watching these games. Um, the summer league I think is quickly Starting to, I don't know if anything's ever going to replace that first weekend of the NCAA tournament. The, first, the opening round of the NCAA tournament to me is like the greatest time to be in Vegas. That is the ultimate dude bro trip uh, there could ever be. It's so much fun uh, sitting in a, 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 a casino sports book. While you got games coming down to the wire and half the, half the book is on the on one side of the bet, the other half is on the other side of it. And it's just the, the intensity in a Vegas sports book in the NCAA tournament is really something to be experienced just once in your life. Like, it's phenomenal. You got to go. You got to go. But Summer League, I've talked to guys who have gone out there with their dad. By, by the way, remember my old producer, Albie? Albie is out there with uh, his dad and his grandpa watching summer league. So it's a great generational boys trip for a family right there. Um, they're having a great time. I got buddies of mine who have gone to summer league. They're having a great time. 
Um, I, I, people are really loving their summer league experiences. So I'm going to give it an A. I'm going to give it an A because look, we've also, we, we've even seen Britney Spears try to get in, in, involved in this, right? I mean, people want a part of the summer league like never before. You got Victor Webinyama, who is, I think, you know, right in just two games has proven himself to be a future NBA difference maker. Jalen Hood Shafino, he's got Lakers fans all excited. That's funny to watch um, because, again, I, I didn't see anybody stumping for Jalen Hood Shafino when he was a Hoosier, but now that he's a Laker, oh my God, his name is like trending. Um, Scoot Henderson, before he hurt his shoulder, that guy's out there trying to ball so hard. Uh, Brandon Miller is finding out the burden of the spotlight can be a tough place to stand for an NBA rookie. The attention that he's been getting, mostly negative, hasn't really done him any favors in summer league. He has not shot the ball well at all. Uh, we're counting consecutive misses from threes for the poor kid. What he needs, I'll tell you what Brandon Miller needs. Brandon Miller needs to go to Charlotte, get out of the spotlight, and just work on basketball. Just work on acclimating yourself to the NBA without the bright lights and cameras on you. Brandon Miller is going to be fine, I think, in this league. He's got a ton of attributes. He just didn't come out and play well and comport himself well early here in the summer league. He's going to get back to Charlotte. The Hornets are just going to disappear into their anonymity. I've never been able to say that word. And that's where he'll really start to work on the player that he's going to become. Um, one other thing from Las Vegas that is absolutely stealing the show the sphere. Oh my God. You see that thing turned into a basketball for the summer league. I've seen it turned into a globe. I've seen it turned into fireworks. I've seen it turned into a steal your face for the grateful dead. I've seen that thing, the light up and, and just be a weird kind of burning sphere thing that officially looks like the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life in terms of that's a building. People can go inside of that. Oh man. I can't wait to see a show at the sphere. That thing looks unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So there you go. There's your report card for the NBA Summer League so far. Uh, looks pretty damn good. Looks pretty damn good. I want to get to a I should have gone this year. Again, had the means and ends have been there. Maybe the Plus will be able to afford that business trip next summer. This summer, again, belt's a little tight. Tightening up that belt a little bit. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there and we'll get there together, baby. I know it. By the way, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Baseball's first half is officially over. Let's give some letter grades. John Fisher, Oakland A's F good. Got them out of the way. Um, Logan Webb. Logan Webb gets an A-plus for his effort on Sunday, doesn't he? A complete game shutout. You're going to have to explain to your children what those are. You see them so rarely these days in baseball. Logan Webb overall, though, look, it's a B-minus first half for Logan Webb. Uh, he is trending up after a terrible start to the season. Logan was just a little bit of a victim of his own his own designs of, of just not being in that strike zone early. Um, he is... Absolutely, though, starting to turn into the player that the Giants hoped he would be, that real ace of the staff. I like Logan Webb, and he just pitched maybe his best game of the year. Granted, it was against the Colorado Rockies. If the Giants are going to make noise in the second half, though, Logan Webb needs like two, three more of those in the second half. He's really got to go ahead. And if, if the Giants are going to be not just a team that flirts with a wild card, but a team that maybe flirts with winning its own division and a team that keeps on taking the Dodgers and the Padres and eventually the Diamondbacks and keeping them at bay, it's going to be because Logan Webb has a monster second half. He has to be the anchor of that pitching staff, which its bullpen is really solid. And we all know who the closer is. He's at the all-star game. So, um, Interesting. The Giants' first half itself. Uh, and again, I'm grading harshly here. And in my harsh grade for the Giants' first half still has them coming out of B+. Considering that everyone thought that they were going to be a failure this year, 
I mean, I didn't. You can go back. You can check the tapes from former radio shows. I was the first one to say as bad as that offseason was, not landing Aaron Judge, the Carlos Correa fiasco, the signings that really weren't ballyhooed to be much of anything, Conforto, Hanniger, so on and so forth. Um, I, I thought it was going to be decent. I thought they were going to be decent. And you know what? When you're eight games above 500 at the All-Star break, you're more than decent. You really are. There are two other things other than their own decent play breaking their way. Number one, the Padres were kind of a first-half mess. And number two, the kids that they brought up, which they were either going to sink or swim with, they swam with them. They didn't sink with them. The youth movement is the second thing that's really kind of breaking the Giants' way in the first half. There's no doubt about it. Um, again, eight games over 500. The bats have certainly cooled off in the week or two before the All-Star break here, but everyone goes through a less-than-glorious 10, 12, 15-game stretch in a Major League Baseball season. I've always said you want to get that stretch out of your way before the All-Star break, not after it, when the price of poker feels like it goes up because now all of a sudden games remaining starts becoming a blip on the radar. So the Giants... The Giants, they can hit a little. They've got a really good bullpen. And when they get a decent start, they're a tough team to beat. They're not nearly the defensive adventure that it felt like they were nearly every game last year. So they've improved in that department greatly. And because of it, like Farhan can't put the for sale sign up on that lawn. He can't. He can't do that to that clubhouse. You want to talk about losing a clubhouse full of guys? Yeah, Farhan, he needs, he owes it to the guys in that dugout to make a move before the deadline to make this team better. Go get yourself another starter, Farhan. Go get yourself another bat. Do it. Do you have the pieces to trade for Shohei Otani? I doubt it. But if you do, oh my God, you need to go ahead and you need to do that as quickly as humanly possible. I don't think that that's going to happen. So you go and get somebody else. You get a Stroman, get a Giolito, go raid the city of Chicago for a pitcher. And then you can find that bat somewhere. I know it. I just, I know you can find it, Farhan. Do it. You owe it to the team to do that. The Giants youth movement. Look, we got to give that a letter grade too. And I think it's fair to say that's a B plus. Now, it's a B-plus because guys are starting to cool off, but let's be honest, Patrick Bailey could be an all-star catcher by next season. He really could be. This kid is legit. Um, I like Matos. I like Casey Schmidt. I like Keaton Wynn. I like Tristan Beck. There are interesting guys to create a foundation of a new generation of giants to build upon. You've seen batting averages decline. You've seen home run numbers not nearly pop the way you might have hoped. Um, RBI numbers have been down across the board for everyone, not just the new guys lately. But, man, there's something a little bit there with all of those young men, and there is a more interesting San Francisco Giants team than anyone could have or would have expected, except yours truly. Kind of told you this was going to happen. Um, Camilo Duvall, let's be honest, he gets an A+. He's the most dependable player in a Giants uniform. 26 saves is tied for the major league lead right now. He's filthy. He's got a 1.05 whip. I mean, that's pretty damn good. That guy's fantastic. He's fantastic. Um, Giants are playing eight-inning baseball games because of Camilo Duvall. You get it to him in the ninth, and you go home with a win. It's pretty much all you could possibly ask for. All you could possibly ask for. I want to grade, even though it hasn't happened yet, the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby. <laughs> so there isn't really even a difference between the National League and the American League anymore. And we used to depend on the All-Star Game to give us matchups between pitchers and hitters that otherwise we would not see unless these two teams met in the frickin' World Series, for goodness sakes. That, to me, is what made the All-Star Game, well, one of the elements that made the All-Star Game so special. 
that element has now been thoroughly removed. So the all-star game feels less special because it doesn't provide that you can only get them here baseball moments. I don't like that. Um, the home run derby. The format is always hard to explain. Uh, I don't like the matchup bracketing to me. If it just, you know, first round, four four biggest totals of home runs should move on. Doesn't matter if, you know, you eliminate this guy or that guy eliminates that guy. You know, if one guy eliminates somebody with 11 home runs to their eight home runs, and then the other round, you get a guy hitting 30 home runs and 20 home runs, and the guy with 20 home runs goes goes home, while the guy with 11 home runs, because he was arbitrarily matched up against someone who had a really bad first round of a home run derby, they get to move on. I don't like that. I don't like how rushed it is. I don't like the fact that you can't see the ball land because they're trying to get as many pitches in as possible, and they tell you that you're not supposed to throw the next pitch and Till the other pitch to the ball lands, but that doesn't necessarily happen. So, eh, C plus. I'm going to give a C plus to the home run derby and the all star game. Neither of them happened. I feel that those are pretty much of your, uh, th those are pretty accurate grades, even though we haven't even seen the papers yet. Farhan and Kapler. What grades do they get? Farhan and Kapler. How about this? We're just going to judge them on a pass or fail, and they're passing. They're passing. There's no doubt about it. They put together kind of an interesting team, and this team I don't think is done being put together. It better not be anyways. So we'll see what this passing grade turns into for both Kapler and Farhan. Uh, we saw that the Giants selected a two-way player in the first round, taking Bryce Eldridge with the 16th overall pick in the baseball amateur draft. Uh, with their second-round pick, they took a shortstop, Walker Martin, from a Colorado high school. And with their, uh, uh, they ended day one by taking a left-handed pitcher from Kent State named Joe Whitman. So we'll see what those players turn into. If they turn into major leaguers someday, that passing grade will maintain for Farhan. You know, we, we need to see him start landing free agents, making big trades, and drafting players that show up and contribute. So we'll see what all that looks like. Rob Manfred, you get the world's most sarcastic A+. You've earned it all, you asshole. Oh, he got booed thoroughly. And I love to sell the team chance when the Oakland A's were making their picks. We won't even talk about who the A's drafted because, of course, those players are trying to be wrapped up into a trade right now or to be sold off the minute that they become actual major leaguers. We know how it works. Ah, not quite sip of the day, but I can feel it coming. Um, God, Rob Manfred. Is just terrible. And you can see how uncomfortable he was up there. And I did like that. I did like that an awful lot. Our final baseball grade goes to the rest of the National League West. And this is why I couldn't give the Giants anything better than a B plus, even though they're by any measure of people's expectations are kind of overachieving in the first half. I still have to give them a B plus because the rest of the National League West gets a D plus. The Dodgers haven't scared the hell out of the entire baseball world, which means they have come back down to earth quite a bit. You got the Padres who are coming off of a good homestand here to wrap up the first half, but one good homestand is not a good first half make. The Padres have to be, along with the New York Mets, the two most disappointing teams in baseball. Based on who they are, what they're spending, and what they were billed to be, ugh, they've been bad. The chemistry issues that Bob Melvin has not been able to fix. So the Diamondbacks are definitely a good story, but they've got a lot to prove in the second half. Let's see what they do at the deadline. They'll either keep coming on or they'll start to fade here in the second half. I'm not afraid of the Diamondbacks yet. You shouldn't be either. They're good. Let's see if they're going to try to be great here at the deadline. And the Rockies, let's face it, they're a disgrace. This poor grade for the division, it really is all on the Padres, though. Because as, as much as the Dodgers have been a disappointment, they're tied for first place, right? So, again, you're a disappointment and tied for first place. That's that's very hand-in-hand, -hand, I guess, with the Dodgers. 
Um, but man, I just, dude, the Padres, you were supposed to be so much better than you are. So we'll see how much maneuverability they have in the second half with as much money as they've already spent on a team that hasn't done a lot. So we'll see what the Padres got in for us. We move now. Are you ready? To the 49ers. I love that as much as Ray hated it. I really do. Look, I'm going to give Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, and Trey Lance. You're all getting incompletes. I'm sorry. I'm so sick and tired of talking about the three of those guys in any definitive terms with all of them. Purdy included is a huge, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I like Purdy. I think it's going to fit. I like what I saw, but it's a small sample size. Trey Lance, I don't know. Sam Darnold, I don't know. But what I do know is I've been watching, you know, some 49ers content creators trying to drum up, you know, their own views and, and talk about the 49ers. And this isn't a shot at a single 49er content creator. It's not. This is a shot at the 49ers rumor mill itself. You know what letter grade I'm giving the 49ers rumor mill? I'm giving it an F. The 49ers rumor mill gets an F because there isn't a single interesting rumor to even generate about this team beyond the position of, well, what do you think is going to happen at quarterback? The rest of the team, the reason why there isn't a lot of interesting offseason rumors about the 49ers is because they are loaded. They're loaded. They're stacked with talent everywhere. The 49ers are fantastic on paper. How are you going to complain about a team that's fantastic on paper? I think they're going to be really good on the field as well. This team is stacked, and because of that, it's officially time to go win a Super Bowl. Rumor this, rumor that. There's nothing left to talk about. you got a team that if Kyle Shanahan is right about what he does and thinks of his quarterback position, no matter who that guy is, they can win a Super Bowl as they're currently constructed with, with more talent maybe at every position than any other team can offer because every other team has to sink so much money into its quarterback. Quarterback is not a position where the 49ers have sunk a lot of money, which means the entire team is loaded. They have two seasons. Of this economic model remaining for them. Two seasons. This one and the next one. And they got to win a Super Bowl either this year or next year. Or it's going to be back to the drawing board. you got to rethink the whole thing. Retinker the entire team for another run at a Super Bowl. But here it is. The reason why the 49ers rumor mill gets an F is because there is no rumor. There's only truth. It's time to win a Super Bowl right now. You're built to do it. You're loaded to do it. Go do it. That's it. There's nothing left to talk about with this team. Nothing. There's nothing left to talk about. It's a, you got a great team. You got a great coach. You got great fans. You're ready to roar. Go roar. That's what's left to do. There's nothing. What, well, do you have any questions about this team? No, I got no questions other than did they win the Super Bowl? That's it. That's all that's left to do for this group. They got two years to do it. And that is your sip of the day. God. It was just, it's, 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 there's nothing left to talk about. So let's create a few other things that are out there in the headlines today. Let's grade thread. <laughs> Have you seen this? The growth of Thread with 100 million subscribers over its first week definitely is an A+, but as a threat to Twitter, eh, Thread is a C-. And I can prove that to you because everyone is linking to everything they do on Thread to Twitter. Again, when, when Thread is the place where you go to either look for ideas or deposit your own ideas 
and you're not going back to Twitter, then Twitter is in trouble. As long as you're using both, Thread hasn't taken over a thing. They, they, they haven't. It's interesting, but to me, it's just, it's redundant. Like Thread is basically, it's like having a, a MacBook, an iPad, and an Apple Watch. So instead of getting your information in one place, you now get it in three places. You get it the exact same way, basically, but in three different places. The thread, to me, looks like, looks like, smells like, and is Twitter for an awful lot of it, I guess. But people are still doing anything they do on thread on Twitter as well, which means Twitter, I know that the PR is is bad and there's a lot of people who are rooting for its demise. Twitter seems to be a little bit like radio where everything that has come along to kill radio never quite extinguishes the flame completely. So there you go. Thread growth, a plus threatening Twitter C minus. I want to talk a little bit about the state of sports journalism. That gets an F right now. Not only is the industry being gutted, not only are broadcasters being just eviscerated across the board, radio, TV, network, cable, everything, big companies, little companies, medium companies. Um, there's a lot of throats being slashed right now. The New York Times says it's going to disband its own sports department. The Athletic is going to be the source that the New York Times uses to funnel sports information around and through. But let's face it, the Athletic just went through its own round of layoffs, which means the New York Times leaning into the Athletic to be their source of sports journalism isn't nearly as good this month as it was probably eight months ago. So, God, I just, it's sad, man. Did you see that the LA Times is no longer going to have box scores, standings, or game stories, TV listings, or a daily sports calendar to accommodate their new 3 p.m. deadline following the sale of their printing press. Seriously? Like, newspapers, I know there's a lot working against you. No one's working against you as much as yourselves. I mean, the problem with the newspaper is that it becomes an ancient artifact the moment it's printed. Now you're telling me you got to print it earlier, so early, because you're renting or sold off your printing press that you 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 can't even accommodate like late stories anymore. It's all got to be wrapped up by three o'clock West Coast time in the afternoon, or it doesn't make the next day's newspaper. I mean, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help you. I don't know how to help you if you're going to just throw your arms up and declare poor and helpless at every turn, mostly the printing press. Good God, sports journalism. What the hell? What the hell? Um, I think we need to give the plus a grade. That's fair, right? Let's give the plus a grade. Um, I'm going to give us a B. I'm going to give. I'm going to be a harsh grader of the plus. There's a lot we need to get better. There's an awful long way that we've come in a short amount of time, but um, I still see things to improve upon everywhere I look. I, I, I would like to think. I'd like to hope that maybe a lot of you would be uh, kinder graders on me, but I'm going to be tough on me. I'm going to be tough on Jillian. I'm going to show you that these high standards that I have are not just given to others and not applied to ourselves. I'm applying to us as well. I can do a better job. We can do a better job. You plusers, you can do a better job. Hit that like button, smash it. We're not at a hundred percent likes. Come on. That's on you. <laughs> but, uh, I look, we're off to a great start. We're off to a great start, but we're not breaking off our arms, patting ourselves on the back quite yet. There's a lot we can get better at, and we will. We absolutely will. Um, 
the Northwestern hazing scandal, which I talked a little bit about on Friday. And again, Northwestern, you're making it hard for me to defend the merits of hazing. You really are. You're making it hard. You're making it hard. Uh, Just look, there is some hazing that is right and good and team building and good natured and fun. And I will defend that to the day I die. But I'm telling you what, what you're doing Northwestern is indefensible. Like that's, I even said on Friday, if this is just about like admonishing players, teasing players, or being too tough on football players, that's called football practice. That's that's just standard operating procedure for a football team. Uh, your HR unit, uh, your HR department might want to change that. Uh, go fuck yourselves. It's football. Nothing in your HR meeting applies to the laws and the nature of a football field or a football team's practice, especially at major Division One college football. That's just the way it is. It's it's rough. It's nasty. It ain't there to be beloved. You probably don't want to know how the sausage is made and stop paying so much attention to anything other than game days because you don't know how it works. But the minute it gets sexual, you can't defend it anymore. You can't defend anything that is creepy or kinky or anything like that. And that's where Northwestern went. And that's why, you know, you're probably going to see Pat Fitzgerald lose his job. Uh, The Northwestern student newspaper is the actual hero here. We're talking about the status of actual print journalism. Uh, Northwestern student newspaper is doing a better job than the New York Times at covering sports these days. The hazing that took place centered around a phrase called running, where according to a former player and a student athlete that made a mistake at practice, would be restrained by a group of 8 to 10 upperclassmen dressed in various, like, purge masks, and then they would begin dry-humping the victim in a dark locker room. Why? I mean, that's the thing. I, there's a lot of ways to get messages across the uh, violent dry humping of football players. I, I, I don't know how that really fits into hazing. That's, that's, that's taking it too far. That's not good. So let's not do that. Fitzgerald's probably going to lose his job over it. That two-week penalty got reexamined, and the school's looking at it again. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. But the minute you get, the minute your team hazing drifts into the realm of that's a little sexual, that's where you lose everyone. That's where you've officially lost the argument that hazing has a place on a football field, which it does. But it just can't have a place in the dark locker room with dry humping involved. That's that's gross. Again, I got I, w- I was a young guy in a football team. I got hazed, uh, never dry humped, not once. And I think I thank my, my football teammates for not dry humping me. How can you just lay there and let like like let let dudes dry hump you? Like that just that that can't happen. <laughs> like you got to come up from that pile swinging on everything, even if you're gonna get your ass beat. You got to go out on your shield there, right? Like you just got to come up just swinging at least that's the way i would handle it and that's the way i'd tell my sons to handle it son sometimes violence is the answer (laughs) um i want to give one more letter grade here one more letter grade and it goes to jordan Poole. Let me tell you, I've heard an awful lot of people talk about what they didn't like about Jordan Poole, and sometimes it was well-founded. More often than not, though, it was kind of unfounded, and he was being judged against Warriors' expectations, which you know he might not have lived up to from a defensive standpoint or from a careful-with-the-basketball standpoint, but what Golden State Warrior truly is defined as careful-with-the-basketball. There's not a lot of them. As a 24-year-old, he put some serious points up in a league that it ain't easy to do that in. You know, if getting 20 a night in the NBA was easy to do, more than 22 players would have done it, I believe, last season. Jordan Poole, being a baby in this league, was getting you like 20 and 5 a night. 
but it didn't work out. It didn't work out because I think that Steve Kerr, first and foremost, lost faith in him. The team lost faith in him, the Draymond, the punch thing. And everyone thought that as soon as Jordan Poole gets to Washington, man, the tea is going to spill all over what really happened. Well, Jordan Poole, I salute you, dude. You're more of a man than a lot of people wanted to give you credit for. You really are. This guy's no stool pigeon. Jordan Poole is no rat. Not a peep. Not a peep about what didn't work out with the Golden State Warriors or any axe to grind against anyone, Draymond specifically, in the organization. Jordan Poole has conducted himself in such a professional manner that if this is the way he had conducted himself behind the scenes with the Golden State Warriors, he's probably not traded. Dude, Jordan Poole, man, a lot of you disrespected that guy. Jordan Poole hasn't said a peep, not a single negative word about the team that just traded him away, not nothing about the player who absolutely accosted him in a practice, nothing. Jordan Poole, what about your time with the Golden State Warriors? He'd be like, well, man, I'm just here to play with Kuzma now. What, what, what a duo we're going to be. Dude, crazy respect. Crazy respect to Jordan Poole. Going full-on big man telling no tales out of school. I appreciate that. I hope a lot of you appreciate that too. You got content creators left and right upset with Jordan Poole because he's not just giving you all the dirty information now that he's not a part of the Golden State Warriors. That, to me, is some real man shit. It really is. So respect to Jordan Poole. Respect to Jordan Poole. Respect to all of you for joining me here on a Monday. I appreciate you stopping on by, and I'm going to tell you right now, don't you go anywhere if you're watching on YouTube because we're about to get to Club Plus. Um, oh, by the way, you know what? I forgot to turn on the other lights today. The other lights, like I got more lighting here that I didn't even turn on, but we're well lit for whatever reason today. So we're going to turn that on before we turn everything else on, including the disco lights, which I'll just plug in right here and now. And if you're just listening on the podcast saying, where, where do I get these disco lights? Well, you got to stick around for Club Plus. That only happens on YouTube. Thank you for tuning into the podcast today. We'll be back on Tuesday and every day this week, YouTube is where you're going to find the videos, the content, the disco lights, and all that good stuff. So we hope to see you there as well. In the meantime, remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.